0: Thank you for taking the time to listen to this life-changing message from the Ministry of Faith Bible Chapel. We hope this message will encourage you in all parts of your life. At the end of this message, you will hear more information on how to contact our church family, as well as directions for you to visit us for any of our worship services. Until then, join us for the service in progress. We are beginning a new series uh, of messages, actually will be three of them, and they're entitled... uh, Turn the page. Uh, Turn the page. And uh, we're going to be dealing with that subject. And the reason we're dealing with turn the page is because right here at the church, we are in transition. As most of you know, that for the last year or so, we've been talking about it and referring to it. For those of you who might be visiting or just recently come to be with us, is that what we mean by that is that we're transitioning in our leadership role, senior pastor leadership role. I've been fortunate, blessed uh, beyond measure to be your pastor and a pastor, senior pastor of this church for the last 32 years, and what a tremendous blessing that has been. But I'll share with you why I believe it's time that we change that leadership. And so we have identified what I believe is a fine, fine young man, anointed of God, called of God. And so, we, are, we have that assurance inside of our heart that Jason King will be the new senior pastor. January 22nd, it's going to happen. So, I think that's the first time I've really thrown out that date, but it was last January when we announced it. So, January 22nd, we're just going to have a great day of celebration and uh, laying on of hands and trusting God. And... Matter of fact, we're going to fast and pray as we go up to that particular day so that uh, God will not only bring many breakthroughs, but set the stage for many breakthroughs in the future, okay? So that's kind of a a little quick little summary about why we landed on this particular message uh, on turning the page. When you turn the page, you just visualize what happens either move to another part of the book that you've been reading or to a new chapter that you've been reading. And I don't know about you, but once I get into a good book, it's almost like I get ahead of myself and I I want to turn the page. Especially if it, I guess, comes to a mystery, you have to avoid going to the last page, you know. (laughs) So you don't want to jump ahead, but you certainly don't want to hold back either. So you do want to turn the page. Uh, transition. I'm going to talk about transition, not only as it relates to myself and to my family and kind of what we're going through at this particular stage in our life, season in our life. But I, I want to talk about transition in general, uh, as I will refer to them. We all go through transitions. Uh, there are different seasons in our life, and you have to transition from one to the next. So all of us face transitions. Um, So, I believe some of the things I'm going to share will help you. Uh, Some of the thoughts that I've been processing for this last year, Uh, there are, I guess you could call some major transitions in your life, and if you want to use the term, some minor transitions, but nevertheless, there are transitions that happen. It could be a job change, Uh, it could be reaching an age of retirement, it could be having a child for the first time, it could be getting married. Uh, which we have a, a wedding this afternoon of a fine young man that's getting married this afternoon uh, from our congregation. That's a transition. That's a whole new thing. He has no idea what he's getting into, <laughs> and she has no idea what she's getting into. <laughs> but it's got to be for good, right? Yeah. Turn to your wife or husband and say, "Right? Yeah. Come on. Remember, it's good." It's a good thing. <laughs> All right. But uh, so these things happen in our life. Let me tell you a little bit of uh, what we've been processing. I'll start out on a personal level, if you allow me. What we've been processing that really the reason we came up with this message, and I will address it again next week, and then the third week we'll address it again. Jason will be speaking the third week on the subject itself. So you... You talk about certain things that uh, that you've come to understand in the Word of God, and when someone comes to you, talks to you about something that's happened in your life, you 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 have seemingly, you, hopefully, you have answers for them, especially as a shepherd, as a pastor. But one of the things I realize that having an answer for someone and then being in it are two different things. I mean know what I'm talking about a little bit. Uh, and that's one of the things, I guess, I faced with. God, I, I've, I have preached, I have encouraged, I have exhorted in these areas so often. Why is it that I'm struggling? Or, or what is it, Lord? And, and it's more because I'm faced with it. Uh, for instance, uh, identity. I, I can't tell you how many times I've told someone, you have to have your identity in Christ, which is true. We find our identity in Christ. But I have to be honest with you, when you do something for 32 years, your identity gets involved in it. It's a natural thing to happen. And and I guess that was one of the things that brings victory. The enemy likes to isolate you and make you believe that you're the only one going through it. Has anyone ever had that experience in every subject, I guess we could address? But in this area, I I think I had to realize it's not weird… It's not a battle that I alone am fighting. It's something that I think we all face, and that is identity crisis, if you will, I'm trying to figure it out. So I realize that my identity now is being challenged a little, and the challenging part is is that okay? I've identified myself as senior pastor of Faith Bible Chapel, and I've had the privilege to take lead and lead lead in strategy, lead in vision, lead in preaching, etc., 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 and now I realize that I'm going to be out of that position. Uh, So, you kind of can say, what am I going to do? You know, what does this have for me then? So, that is something that we've gone through, and Cheryl and I have talked about it. We've realized that we're going to make a change. And so, identity is something that we have to uh, really f- not figure out. And I, I believe God is leading us. And I, I mentioned these things, not that they become bondage to me. It's just the reality of the process. You see, transition is not an event. It's a process. It, 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 so, it's not like January 22nd. No, it's, it's a process that's led us up to that. It's a process that we'll go after. We'll talk about, and the process will continue to go on in our life, in Jason's life, and the life of this church. Uh, so, as we looked at that, that's something that we needed to address. Uh, also, during that time, I, I realized that, and you might question a little bit now, because eight years ago, let me, let me give you a little bit of history, and then we'll move on to our message. This is really part of the message. Back, back when, I, in, when I was 60 years old, <laughs> uh, so that was eight years ago, I literally began to realize that we're going to have to address this issue of succession, that sooner or later, if Jesus were to tarry. Now, my desire is that Jesus come back. And Cheryl and I, that's our prayer, Jesus, come back. And, you know, head off a whole lot of problems if you came back, Jesus. You know, I don't want just talk about me. I'm talking about all of us. Uh, so, this would be a good day if Jesus wanted to come back today, and we need to be ready for that. But face the reality, He might not, so we're to occupy we're to be busy, we're to be responsible, we get the mind of the Lord, we're to redeem the time, we make Jesus known to as many people as we possibly can in this time that we have. Uh, so realizing this, I begin to think about, God, what will happen in a couple of years from now? Because I would like to be involved in preparing or helping this next person come into the position of leading this church. So about five years passes by, and it had not surfaced yet. So one of the biggest challenges I had, God, I, I mean, I don't, want, I, I don't want to leave the congregation. I, don't want it, it, I want the health of the congregation to continue. So my, I begin to press in in prayer. And then it was just uh, over a year ago just a little over a year ago, maybe going toward two, but not known to many people, but a little bit in my heart, was that all this time, while I'm thinking and praying about this, God had someone right there. Now, that's an amazing thing about God. When we're thinking that He's not there, He is there. When we think He doesn't hear, He is hearing, and He has it under control. I don't know how many years it takes you to learn that but I haven't quite learned that totally uh, but I'm learning more and more about that. So he did have someone ready and that someone was Jason King. So he had been in our midst now for quite a while. He actually married someone that was part of grew up in this church as a young person and family was in the church and met her and met her in college and married her. And so God was already working behind the scenes when I'm over there struggling trying to figure out if God is hearing. Now, don't look at me with cross-eyed and say, look at yourself, (laughs) how often this happens to us, God. And then we're reminded, oh, so you did know about it, God, yeah, I knew about it. So. Then we actually, as leadership of the church, recognized it together. So a little over a year ago that we said we believe Jason King would be the next senior pastor and that uh, we're going to announce it. So we wanted to announce it so we're not here to spring anything on you as a congregation, but we want you to participate and pray and know what's going on so that we had a whole year now of actually thinking about this. I had a year of mentoring. I had a year of deeper discussions with Jason. Cheryl has, my Cheryl has had discussions with Jason's Cheryl. And you realize, you know, what you're getting into. And they haven't backed out, so I guess they're okay still. Uh, No, it's all been positive. I want to tell you, you guys are blessing the pastor, and I truly have had a blessed ministry as senior pastor. So we were able to talk about it. I think Jason has earned respect, given him time to preach. He's preached almost as much as I have for this last year, so that there be enduring to you and you to him, and so that we see this not something we're springing on you, but it's something that God had in mind, and we're going to go on. Amen? We're going to go on in great victory, and we're going to see great things happen, and realizing during that time, figuring out what we're going to do, and realizing that we didn't feel as though our giftings were done, we were done, that we're taking a position of continuing to be in ministry here, uh, submitting ourselves to leadership of Jason, but we'll remain teaching as much as we can teach when it's available for us to teach, sharing in the leadership where we can share in it. So it's not like we're going anywhere, but that had to be figured into it, and it's still being figured into it, all of that out. So giving kind of an update on all of that So, out of that processing came this message, okay, out of Isaiah chapter 43. And I want to read. So, the title of this message, particular message, is Trust God Through the Transition. Yes, through our transition, generally speaking, but through your transitions, whether you're in the middle of it now or maybe you're still struggling with the transition that happened maybe a while back. But for sure, if you, you're going to face one in the future. I don't know when that will be, but there's always transitions. There's always seasons of life. So Isaiah chapter 43, and let me read verses 18 through 21, and then we're going to make some comment. I do believe this is a word for you. I believe this is a word for us as a church and some truths that we can grab onto and hold onto as we go through this. Verse 18 says, Do not remember the former things, Isaiah said, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The beasts of the field will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, which because I give waters in the wilderness and rivers in the desert to give drink to my people, my chosen. Verse 21. This people I have formed for myself. They shall declare my praise. First of all, God is always moving. He's always moving. He's always fresh. He's never stale. He's never late. He's never stagnant. God is always moving. He's always doing something, even when it looks like He isn't doing anything. He's always doing something. The truth of the matter is, again, I'll repeat this, we are all and always in transition. We are. Especially if you're a believer. Think about it. As all people are in transition, just people in general. But believers, the Bible says that we move from faith to faith. We move from glory to glory. That indicates that that we don't stay at one place too long in our faith. We move on to deeper faith, more faith. You know, More faith understood from glory to glory. It's like Moses. I thought about this. Moses was a person who experienced the glory of God. The burning bush in the desert, I mean, hey, he saw the glory of God. He he experienced the glory of God when he manifested his power against Pharaoh and all the plagues. He saw the glory of God and the splitting of the Red Sea, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So he was exposed to the glory of God. But as they were making their way down through the wilderness, what did he say to the Lord in one encounter? Show me your glory. Show me your glory. There was something inside of Moses that knew there was more, knew that God was too big to put in a box and say, this is all there is to God. Never put God in a box. It's not all there is to God. You might think, wow, I've really been blessed. I've had a lot of years, and I kind of… Listen, you'll never know all there is to know about God. So, you're moving on, and that's just the way it is, because God is always moving. And the truth of the matter is this, though. Transition doesn't always occur swiftly. (laughs) There does someone say, I got that one. You know, it really doesn't. It's not as swift as we would like it. We, we would like it to happen quicker, but it doesn't always happen that way. Transition by definition means or indicates movement. Uh, there's a development, growth, progression. It's a period of changing. Now, here's one truth. Get this one, and that's why we put it down here. Your ability to make the shift will determine your destiny. I want you to look at that a little Your ability to make the shift, to keep moving with God, really determines your destiny. Because your inability to make the shift or to adjust or to find development or progress in your life will hold you back from your destiny. That's the other end of it. That's how important it is. There are many shifts in life. Everyone has gone through. Some are going through right now. There are are stages in your life. Maybe you reach the stage. Oh, there are various stages in your life. It's like this young couple is being married this afternoon. How many know that's a new stage in their life? It's a transition. They're going to be faced. They think they might know, but they don't know. So it's a transitional period. How about having the first child? Season in life. There's, There's a change going to take place. New home. A new career. A, something that, uh, that you didn't necessarily plan, uh, even want to happen in your life. It was, you could call it a forced transition. That is someone dying unexpectedly, but you're in transition right at that particular moment. So all of us in here, all of us in here, and by the prayer at the end of our first service indicates that a lot of people are faced with transition in their life. Some are happening right now. If you're not going through it now, eventually you're going to go through it. So, these are some things that you could hold on to. Now, when in transition, I found that it's important to realize and accept the reality the reality that one season of your life has come to an end and another is about to begin. That's the reality you have to face. And you have to let go of what has been in order to embrace what shall be. Let me say that one again. When in transition, there has to come a place where you let go of what has been in order to embrace what's going to happen in the future. That's something that you're going to have to face and look at. Or you might have to do it right now. Understand when you come to the end of one season, it's because you're coming closer to the promise that is yet before you. Now, again, I want you to think about that for a moment. In transition, it it is the end of one season. But you're coming closer. Because it's the end of one season, you're coming closer to a promise, to a promise that is yet before you. That's the way God operates. This book is filled with promises. Someone said there's over 6,000. I don't know if they really counted them, but probably someone did. 6,000 promises. In this book, some of them are a general nature to the to the children of God, but other become very personal to us. There are personal promises that are made to you that y- you have not moved into yet. But when you realize that you're into one season, that means you're closer to moving into a new promise. I believe Paul was in transition when he said this. Do you remember the words in Philippians when he said this? He said, "Listen, forgetting those things which are behind." Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling, which is in Christ Jesus. I believe at that moment, Paul, sometime maybe it wasn't right then, but I think in those words, hidden in those words are, listen, I face this. And Paul saying, listen, if I'm going to move on, I'm going to have to let go. Forgetting those things, I press toward. I don't think you can fully press on until you let go. As long as you hang on, there's going to be a problem. So transition often happen, and they don't always happen just natural means, but through challenging and painful circumstances. How many know what I'm talking about? A lot of times it's through painful and challenging circumstances. Some of the shifts that we have gone through have literally been forced on us, and they have not all come easy. When I was writing out my notes, I thought of this. I just thought of it yesterday while I'm doing my notes. I grew up in a family of six children, and my family was doing rather well. It seemed like we had everything that we possibly needed. But all of a sudden, my mom, and I'll use my mom, was forced into a transition she did not expect. My father passed away when he was 43 years old. So I'm 15 years old, the oldest of six children. The youngest is four years old. And in between there, we have a sister who's Down syndrome. So you have all these dynamics working at that time. And yet we, we were living one way, which seemed to be we were well provided for. But there we were. So don't you think my mom was thinking, what am I going to do with six kids? I'm in my early 40s. How am I going to raise six kids? How am I going to take care of Blanche? Are going to, are the, is it going to be there? Is someone going to be able to help me in this? How, how many can imagine, and not only my mom, but how many people go through those kind of transitions? And you have to think about those things. But as we moved on in the months of grieving that was taking place after that, I'll never forget that my mom came to a place and she told us about it because she did this in the privacy of her own bedroom. But she told me about it later when I became an adult. Much later, she told me this. She said, because a lot of people ask you a question, May, her name was May, M-A-E. May, how did you do it? I mean, what, how, do you, how were you able to handle all of that? And she said that she got up one day and she looked in the mirror. And as she looked in the mirror, she said, May? This is your life. Get on with it. It's a simple thing, but yet, this is your life. Get on with it. She came to realize this is it. I could either wallow in self pity, I, I can either complain about why this happened, I could get angry at God, why it's going on, or I've got six kids to raise. And do you know, she never remarried for the next 40 years, and she raised all six kids. She did a good job with most of them. (laughs) Oh, thank God. (laughs) They're all believers, (laughs) and they're actually all here, and thank God for that. I want to give you five things that might might be, I believe they will be helpful. I'm going to give you five things that come out of this experience that we're going through, but also out of these scriptures. Number one, you can change and not transition. Try to write it down if you can. You can change and not transition. In other words, you can change jobs and never transition into your new job. You could change location and never transition into the new location, city, state, Country, whoever it might be, you can change a season of life, but really never transition into that season of life. You can change your life situation, but never really change or see that situation in a different light. Let me give you an example of this. What I mean, I'll explain it. The children of God, children of Israel, they they change their physical location. I'm going back to in Egypt, where they were called out of Egypt. They were changing their physical location that by all rights was a much better situation for them. The new location would be a better situation than they were in because they were slaves. So they're going slavery to freedom. But here's how, what exposed their heart and why we know they were changing location, but they weren't transitioning. When they got to the Red Sea after witnessing all the power of God and manifested through the plagues that came to convince Pharaoh to let them go when their backs were against the Red Sea, here's what they said. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians. They were changing location, but they weren't transitioning. They hadn't got it yet. They say, well, they're going to get it. No, (laughs) they never got it. That generation for the next 40 years challenged this transition that was trying to take place in their life. They were changing from the Red Sea through the wilderness to the promised land. And all the way along, they were changing location, but they never really transitioned. And even after all those years, they still doubted God. You understand what I'm saying then? So your attitude toward life, your whole position, never really transition. You never accept it. You never can get out of where you were. So you can change, but not transition. It can happen. Now, I want to go to the other side of the coin, that same coin that I'm using here. We go to the life of Joseph. Joseph was one of the children of Jacob. Joseph wasn't treated fairly by his brothers. He was slave, sold into slavery. He ended up in Egypt. A, a, a difficult, by all rights, this was not a better situation he was moving into. It, it wasn't what you would say on the surface the best. But Joseph, there was something about Joseph. He not only changed from where he was with his family and friends and familiarity of the environment, but to a foreign land. Not only did he change then, but he transitioned on the inside and he believed God. He trusted God. And because he believed God and because he trusted God, God was able to use him, reveal to him through dreams and prophecies and use him in a mighty way to where he was lifted up and exalted. Not only did he save himself, but he, saw he saved a whole nation, the nation of Israel. There's the difference between change and transition. Let me go to number two. It comes on the tail end of this one. You must first be transformed in your mind in order that you might Transition. Don't expect to move into whatever you're moving into by the same state of mind that you had before. That doesn't mean everything's radically going to be changed and nothing's going to be the same. But there is some differences that are going to occur. Transformation is an issue of the mind. Romans chapter twelve, Paul said this: Be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. Or that word means renovation. You know what a renovation is? A renovation is you take an older building and you renovate it to bring it up to the new. And some of our minds need to be renovated to be brought up to the new place that God is bringing you to. Do you get that? So There has to be a transformation or a renovation that takes place in our minds. Getting ready to embrace what God wants you to embrace. Now, until you're transformed, you will not be able to comprehend how big God really is. Because I believe every transition is to take you to a new place to really see the bigness of your God. This is how great your God really is. So He takes us on into these new locations and places to, what? Increase our faith to broaden our understanding of a great God that we serve. And we will spend our lifetimes here, and how much in eternity and what's going to reveal, revealed, God only knows, but we'll spend a lifetime allowing God to broaden our understanding of who He is. It's a great journey. It's an exciting journey. But it's challenging sometimes. We need to have a willing mind, Corinthians tells us, or we need to have the mind of Christ. Let me go to the third one. When it looks like God isn't doing anything, God is up to something good. (laughs) When it looks like, and I can't tell you how many times in my life, leading up to some transition or through transition, that this truth just comes alive more and more and more. And I've had to face it because of what I've been going through and what I'm thinking of we as a church are going through, that this is a reality. God is at work when I don't know He's at work. I haven't comprehended it yet. Though it might not look like it, God is actively involved in the affairs of your life. He really is. Don't let the devil tell you anything else. Isaiah chapter 43, let's come to it. You have to understand this is a transition time. It's a very difficult time in the life of God's people. They had been displaced from their homeland. They'd been living in the security of a promise that God had given them. But living in that security and building their homes and building their families and their villages and their community, all of a sudden the Babylonians come along and they destroy everything they knew, everything that was their security, and they haul them off to a foreign land. That's called displacement. (laughs) That's a transition. That's a difficult time. It was a great emotional stress that they were facing. It was a time of instability. It was a time of great uncertainty for the children of God. One of the Psalms puts it this way. It says that they sat down by the willow tree just weeping because of their displacement and where they were in Babylon and not back in the country that God had given them. They were feeling insecure. Nothing was the same as, as it had been. They were feeling uneasy about the situation. This is where they were. This is what they're going through. Isaiah 43, this is where they're at. The challenge is pretty much similar to some of the things we go through. Anytime you face transition or change, you will feel these same feelings, insecurities, unsure. Not as stable as you were before. You thought you were sure about this, and now you're not so sure that you're sure. Turn to someone and say, I think I'm getting it. We all face it. Now, you can either look at your reality and have a pity party, or you can regroup and pull yourself together and get ready to embrace what God is going to do in your life. There's your two choices. Look at the reality. You say, this is reality. Yeah, it is reality. But I don't always look at what people would call reality and call it as real as my relationship with God and the unknown, which is more real than the reality. And that's an area of faith that we live in. You can either rejoice and celebrate. It was uh, about five months into this year, uh, 2016 that in my prayer time with God, this came to me. Celebrate. While I was thinking and processing, and in the thinking and processing, questioning and feeling this or feeling that, the words come to me that set me free. Celebrate. In other words, celebrate this season. And I shared it with Cheryl, my wife, and from that time forward, we said, listen, we are going to celebrate every moment of this transition. We're going to celebrate it now. We're going to celebrate it in the future. I am determined that I'm going to celebrate and rejoice because I know God's hand is upon it. And you can choose to do that or not choose to do that. But let's give him praise. Tell him we're going to celebrate. Celebrate. And I think we ought to celebrate it. You don't just celebrate it once something happens. See, we're such... Secular beings. I hate to use that term, but we are. We're such fleshly beings that we have to see it. You know, it has to be right in front of us. We have to be experienced it. Then I will celebrate. God, when you do it, listen, that's not the way it is with God's people. You celebrate it based on the faithfulness of God and the assurity that He will take you into His promises. So I'm going to celebrate. I don't have to see it. I'm going to celebrate. Say celebrate. Celebrate. celebrate the things that are happening in your life. Uh, But pastor, you don't know what I'm going through. No, I don't. But God does. He is always at work in your life. He's involved in the affairs of your life. He hasn't abandoned you. So we're going to celebrate about what's in front of us. And we're not going to complain about what's behind us or complain about the process that's happening itself. So Isaiah chapter 43 says, what's ahead of you is greater than what's behind you. This is the opening words. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Say new thing. God wants to do a new thing in your life. Otherwise you get in a rut. He wants you to do a new new thing. He wants you to see him in a new way. Now, this isn't an attack on history, those first words, not remember the former things or consider. No, because there are some rich lessons from our history. So it's not an attack on history. It's a challenge, though, not to allow that past cripple you. That's the whole thing here. Don't let the former thing, don't let the things that, don't let it cripple you from seeing a new thing. Now, as good as it might have been, even great in some ways, you can't even imagine it being greater, but you see, our God is greater, but so it can hinder us from seeing the greater things that God wants us to see by dwelling on even the great and good things that God has done. God, why do things have to change? It was going so well. Come on. I'm not the first one to thought that. <laughs> I mean, you know, some people like change more than others. I embrace change. I really do. But I have to be honest with you. It was harder to embrace this one. Really. I love change. I love the challenge of change. But when God spoke that word to me, I love the challenge of this change. I'm going to celebrate. I'm looking forward to it. I don't even know. My mind hasn't even comprehended it. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm believing. And you can too for your future. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now, listen close, closely to this. Now it shall spring forth. Say, spring. I, I, I want to use that word a moment and say something about transition. Shall you not know it? In order to make any transition, you have to be willing to see things you've never seen before. You have to be willing to go where you've never gone before. You have to embrace what you've never embraced before. So how is God going to do this new thing? Brings us to point number four, and we'll go back on that word in just a moment. The new thing God wants to do is birth out of, no one wants to say it, (laughs) is birth out of pressure. It really is. It's birth out of pressure. I believe what this, this is what the Scriptures say, I will, I will do a new thing, now it shall spring forth. Anything that springs indicate that there must be some pressure applied. Did you get it? It's going to spring forth. But how does something spring forth? Nothing springs forth unless there's some pressure applied. That's how a spring works. How about a diving board, a springboard? We used to call them springboard, diving board. It's a springboard because, you see, you go out there, and the higher you jump to hit it, the more spring you're going to have to launch you, right? But there's pressure put on that board at that time. How about a trampoline? trampoline is hooked up to all these springs that are around it, and you jump on that trampoline. It allows you to go to a a higher height, you will, than if you just try to do it on the ground, does it? That, that springs help to do it. How about a jack-in-the-box? Now, I'm going to tell you why I'm using this in just a moment. That jack-in-the-box, you know, think about it for a moment. We all had them as we were kids. It's a box, and it's got jack inside. Okay? So jack's inside because the lid's on, and you turn that thing. And as you're turning that thing, that pressure's building, building, building. But do you know where it's building? Jack is still in the dark. I hope you get it. And I don't want just me to be the only one to get it. Sometimes you, you're in the dark. You're in the dark. There's all kind of pressure around you, and you're blaming it on everybody and anybody <laughs> that'll listen. <laughs> and that pressure's on that. You don't know, and that's part of the joy of the toy, is that you don't know when that lid's going to pop off and Jack's going to come out. And then all the kids, you know, so the jack-in-the-box, it's kind of like that. It's going to spring forth. You don't know exactly when it's going to spring forth, but it's going to spring forth in a new life, this new thing that God wants to do. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. There's an order to this. Behold, I will do a new thing. In other words, what we've talked about, and this new thing, and this, it will spring forth. Now, I heard someone say this, but I like it, so I can't claim it. You can't spring if you cling. You can't. If you're clinging on, you can't spring. It's not going to work. Transition is not always easy. Now, another thing that can cause layers of anxiety. Anytime you step into the unknown, it can be a little bit unnerving. There's no doubt about that. But you need to be able to come to the realization that these are feelings, these are emotions, these are things you will go through, but there are things that you can gain a lot of victory because of them. You can process a lot if you keep those thoughts on God, if you allow God to renew your mind, and that continue to happen. Anytime you step into the unknown, a lot of things are going to happen. Let me give you the last one, and we'll move on. Each transition brings us nearer in discovering more about our great God. Look at verse twenty-one. Look at those verses. It said, "This people, I want you to get this. Look at it. I have formed, say formed, for myself. How is God forming? It? How, how is the potter taking the clay and forming it into the vessel that He wants it to be? I don't know about you." But think about yourself. This clay, I mean, that clay is thrown on there. It is pounced on. It is beat together. It is rolled out. You think it looks like something, and all of a sudden it's broke down and it's made into… I mean, all this is how the potter is forming. These people I have formed for myself, they shall declare my praise. In other words, the end result will be this people will praise me for who I am. This people will proclaim that they serve a great God. We become the witnesses and the testimony for a great God before the world. I'll tell you, people look at you like you're crazy sometimes. The way you seem to be handling things that other people are falling apart because of, you seem to hang tough. It doesn't mean you can't express your feelings. It doesn't mean that you can't be honest and sincere. But the end result could be this, you know. It's a tough time in my life, but God is there. I I seem to be moving closer to God. I seem to understand more about my God. And these people look at you cross-eyed. And they're trying to figure out why. It's because you're allowing God to form you, mold you, make you into something that he wants. If I had, I'd probably, I'll tell you, I don't know what I'd look like if it were left to me to mold me. And you don't know what you'd look like. You might try to mold yourself into being something you think you ought to be, and it doesn't work out. You follow what I'm saying? But God knows what he's doing. He knows ex- he's a great God. Stand with me, please. <laughs> We hope that this message has spoken something personal to you. If you would like more information about our church family or service times, please call us at 303-424-2121 or visit us at our website, www.fbci.org. Faith Bible Chapel currently meets in our Family Worship Center, located on the corner of 62nd Avenue and Ward Road.